Welcome to the Aerospace Engineering Podcast. My name is Reiner Groh, Research Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, and on this podcast I have conversations with aerospace pioneers about new technologies at the cutting edge of aerospace design and research. Special thanks go to my supporters on Patreon, who make this podcast possible. If you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast and would like to support it, then head over to patreon.com forward slash aerospace. There are multiple levels of support, but pledging even a dollar an episode is highly appreciated. Thanks for your support. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Three, two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Houston, uh... Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Today I'm speaking to Damian Yamaros and Grzegorz Marzets of the Polish new space company Sat Revolution. The company was founded in 2016 and specializes in real-time Earth observation for civilian and military applications. Sat Revolution has launched three satellites to date, with the last launch occurring just a couple of days ago on the September 2nd Ariane Spas Vega launch, and the next one is planned for December this year on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. These satellites are all milestones towards building an Earth observation constellation that will be operational from 2023. Recently, Sat Revolution has focused on developing the Stork platform, which is scheduled to be launched in June 2021. The goal of Stork is to develop a shared services capability so that multiple satellites can be launched within one platform and benefit from Sat Revolution's Earth observation capabilities. Hence, Sat Revolution will focus on designing, manufacturing, and integrating the platform satellite, while their customers and external partners can focus on work related to development of their own technologies and experiments. So in this wide-ranging episode of the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, we talk about the history of Sat Revolution, why Earth observation satellites are such a hot topic at the moment, the details of Sat Revolution's previous satellites and the upcoming Stork mission, how Sat Revolution is using AI techniques for Earth observation, and what the future holds for the company. Before we delve into the episode, full disclosure from my side, Sat Revolution is currently a sponsor of this podcast on Patreon, which is how I originally heard of the company. But now, without any further ado, Please enjoy my conversation with Damian Yamaros and Grzegorz Majetz. Damian and Gregory, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, everyone. So before we start talking about Sat Revolution, would uh, both of you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? So what are your backgrounds as engineers and how have your careers evolved uh, to where you are today? So maybe let's start with Damian and then we'll, we'll do Gregory after that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Damian Jamros. Uh, I'm originally here from Poland and I'm a managing director of Sat Revolution uh, Limited. Uh, I studied uh, aerospace engineering at Trinity College, University of Cambridge, uh, from which I graduated with double master's uh, degrees, including the engineering one. Uh, when I came back to Poland, I initially focused on management consulting, mergers and acquisitions, corporate venture building, and research and development, which led me to where I am today, which is uh, helping Sad Revolution to expand its operations outside Poland. 
and uh, develop the uh, strategic projects here in the company that we'll have a chance to tell you more about today. Great. And what about you, Gregory? Uh, one more time. Hello, everybody. My name is Grzegorz Marzec, and I come from Poland, too. Uh, I am an uh, aeronautics and uh, astronomy engineer. I was studying on Polish Air Force Academy. My specialization was uh, civilian aircraft pilot. Uh, after the, um, when I'm done with the study, I was working as a uh, testing manager in Boeing company in uh, UK. After that, I come back to Poland, and right now I am a pre-sales engineer here in Sat Revolution SA. And my work is to uh, uh, sell the satellites and then help them to go uh, to space. Great. So we both of you have just kind of introduced uh, your company, Sat Revolution. So let's kind of start at the beginning. So when was Sat Revolution founded, and uh, what is it that Sat Revolution specializes in? Sure. Uh, so Sat Revolution was firstly founded in 2016 around the idea to design, produce, and place in orbit the first constellation from Poland. Uh, since then, uh, we grew our team to 39 people, consisting of 25 creative, dedicated engineers, a couple of experienced managers uh, who have previously accomplished the for example, IPO process of another company or developing other successful companies, for example, in the gaming industries, as well as additionally 10 people who work every day in the back and front offices here in Poland to help our customers deliver the systems they want us to uh, design. So SAD Revolution provides in-house research and development, assembly, integration, and testing services for complete nanosatellite solutions uh, and we specialize in design, manufacturing, and delivery of our proprietary nanobus platforms, uh, subsystems, and uh, development of nanosatellite-based services. Uh, the strategic project that uh, Sad Revolution has developed is, and currently is uh, in the process of realizing is the uh, real-time Earth observation constellation, which will be operational from uh, 2023. The satellites, all satellites that we are currently launching and developing are all milestones for the REC constellation uh, to be developed until the 2023. Uh, we currently, uh, we already uh, developed uh, three satellites which are in orbit. The last one was actually launched a couple of days ago on the 2nd of September, uh, 2020. Uh, and two of those uh, satellites already have Earth observation capabilities. Uh, all those missions, as I said, allowed us and our engineering team to develop competences required to provide not only Earth observation services, but also dedicated CubeSat-based missions for our customers. Okay, great. That sounds really fascinating. And of course, congratulations for uh, recently having had uh, launched a, a satellite just a couple of days ago. That's that's really great. Um, so you've just mentioned Earth observation quite a bit. And um, in the UK, we, ha we have a number of small companies also working on Earth observation. So kind of like my you know basic question is, um, why is Earth observ observation such a hot topic at the moment? Kind of what useful data is being collected through these devices? Okay, so in recent years, we have observed a dynamic increase 
of interest and demand for satellite imagery. And as you said, UK is a great example for that. But uh, since we are here in Poland, uh, we have more experiences based from our domestic market. Uh, it is particularly important if we talk here about monitoring uh, of both larger areas, such as farmlands, forests, protected areas, uh, but also about smaller facilities, including uh, strategic investments and critical infrastructure. Improving spatial resolution allows to develop business cases in many industries which effectively support or even replace the current aerial or drone photos, which are usually much more expensive and harder to obtain for larger areas on the continuous basis. Uh, when we talk to managers uh, of the largest Polish companies from industries such as oil and gas, uh, the company, for example, Orlen, or in insurance sector, the Polish uh, company called uh, PZU, or other central governmental institutions, we've learned that uh, you know, they all have very high awareness of space technologies, and they all have very specific needs of satellite imageries and derivative products. A good example here is the Polish National Support Center for Agriculture, which intends to use optical imaging to monitor farmlands and minimize the effort, effect of uh, drought and other environmental factors. Uh, you know, in many regions in Poland, agricultural plots are very small and they all have very irregular uh, shapes. It all makes ver it very uh, hard uh, to effectively use the images from programs such as Copernicus program from European Space Agency. Recognizing this problem of insufficient spatial resolution, uh, we started developing our, uh, our technology, which uh, focuses on miniaturization of the current state-of-the-art uh, uh, imaging uh, technology, uh, which drives the cost of manufacturing uh, of such a system which in favor drives the cost down of the service to our uh, consumers. Uh, our current aim of the R&D team is to provide the uh, technology for reconstellation, which would have resolution better than one meter per pixel, and which will allow to capture the surface of Poland in uh, both RGB and NIR bands, even every 30 minutes. So uh, the technology development we're talking here is about uh, driving the cost down so that you can put enough satellites in the orbit to provide real, almost real-time uh, access to those images, which is very important for some of our clients. Oh, great. No, that sounds really fascinating. So you mentioned previously that you um, had already launched or you'd put three satellites into uh, low Earth orbit um, so far. So can you talk about um, some of those satellites that you have launched and uh, what their capabilities are? Yeah, sure. As I said, uh, we've already put three satellites into the lower Earth orbit so far. Uh, and the first mission that Sad Revolution developed was called Sviatovit, which in uh, Polish means see the world. Uh, it was our first proof of concept satellite, and the mission was created to develop key competences needed to build and launch an Earth observation constellation from the scratch. Uh, this project was launched together with our second uh, satellite, which was delivered uh, uh, 
at the same time, uh, and it was called Klaxat. It provided a dedicated platform for students of the uh, AGH, which is a Polish University of Science and Technology based in Krakow. Those two projects were initial uh, proof that we deliver, we can deliver the systems which would be then used as the uh, background technology for the further, uh, further development of our REC constellation. Those two missions were successful. Uh, as I said, one of them provided the Earth observation capabilities already. And our newest mission called AmicalSat, which was launched on Vega ro rocket a couple of days ago on the 2nd September of 2020, and it was a project realized for the Space Center of the Grenoble University uh, and was designed for the purpose of observation of the auroras. So those three projects out of, uh, you know, those three projects, two of them have Earth observation capabilities already. And as I said, they were all planned as the milestones in the development of our ultimate goal, uh, Red Constellation. Uh, we are currently working on several uh, projects, including three designing and building uh, three additional uh, satellites, which will be ready to be launched uh, into the orbit uh, later this year. And the launch is planned uh, for December. Two of these uh, three uh, missions that I just said that will be launched this year are short uh, missions. And the other one uh, has the Earth observation payload. Uh, which is a camera of actually our in-house design. Uh, the third missions that uh, was described, uh, known as a SWIFT uh, project, is a 3U CubeSat satellite. As some of you uh, might know, the 3U refers to the uh, volume of the satellite, and U represents uh, one liter. So this is a, a three-liter uh, uh, satellite, uh, and uh, uh, based on which we are developing our further capabilities in the space of design uh, of uh, nanosatellites. Uh, the other short mission is uh, uh, conducted in consortium with Polish universities, and uh, that satellite will uh, aim to conduct uh, biological experiments in orbit on provided by Sun Revolution's 3U CubeSat. Uh, the other missions uh, are dedicated technology demonstrators for other customers that we work with. Uh, by the end of 2020, Sat Revolution will have launched six satellites into the orbit, including uh, two of them, and two of them will have uh, our own optical payload designed by Sat Revolution's engineers. Great. Well, it sounds like you've been very busy over the last couple of years with a number of really successful uh, satellite designs. Um, and one of the other things that I that I came across um, on your webpage is that um, you're uh, planning the launch of this new platform called the Stork platform. So, what is the goal of the Stork mission? And um, again, what are the capabilities of this new platform that you're developing? Great. So, the Stork mission, the other mission that you just mentioned, is kind of a combination of our Earth observation capabilities and the shared platform missions because. Uh, Stork is the shared mission with optical payload uh, being installed on board. The launch is scheduled for June 2021, and Stork will uh, combine the expertise in shared services and hosting external payloads with our Earth observation capabilities. 
The aim of this mission is to provide customers with opportunities to test their technologies in real-life scenarios of the Earth Observation mission, mission. This is a lot of added value because we're not only allowing customers to launch their systems into space, but also to utilize some of the data that system will already be providing. This, compared to most, uh, you know, much more generic hosted payload missions, uh, we see a lot of interest in that mission, and uh, that's why we decided to develop it. Great. So what, what is actually the differentiating factor of a platform compared to just kind of a single satellite? So could you explain exactly how this Stork platform service will work? So do customers kind of have the ability to configure uh, your platform to their needs or kind of fitting different CubeSats into the platform? Or is it maybe even the, even the case that different customers can all kind of share a platform by putting multiple CubeSats into one bigger satellite? Just ex explain how, how this service will actually work in practice. Okay, our shared service is about to providing a verified and tested platform with uh, capacity to accommodate payloads of, uh, of course, external customers. Uh, Set Revolution take care of designing, manufacturing, and integrating the satellite. Uh, thanks to this, our customers can focus on, you know, the work related to development of their own technologies and experiments, whatever, whatever they're working on. Uh, our thinking is that platforms should be easily adaptable for the needs of the customers. And the basic of each platform uh, consists of engineering system, systems, including uh, powerful onboard computers, separate for the platform and uh, separate for the payload controls. And the battery capacity, uh, capacity is also selected depending on the size of the payload uh, of the customers and what they need. Uh, uh, we aim to send at least two shared missions uh, every year to be able to provide a lot of options for customers so you can they can choose between uh, the missions and we can feed them well. Uh, we strive to be flexible how much is possible for customers so that everyone is satisfied and uh, their all goals can be achieved. Great. So you said previously that uh, the aim of kind of like the Stork mission is to provide customers with opportunities to test their technologies in kind of real life scenarios of um, Earth observation. Um, so overall, what does um, the Stork platform actually, what are the benefits for customers? And um, what does kind of the, the CubeSat format also add to Earth uh, observation? Okay. Uh, I think it's best if we go back to 1999 uh, to California University, uh, State University of Technology uh, and Stanford University, where the CubeSat specification uh, was initially developed. Uh, so the assumption of the CubeSat uh, platform, as we saw the human race to go more into the space and development of new space market segment, which focuses on democratization of uh, the space, uh, the professors came up with the standard today known as uh, CubeSat, uh, which was developed uh, to you know, provide the framework for the design, manufacturing, and testing of small satellites intended to go on the lower Earth orbit. Uh, since then, uh, dozens and dozens of CubeSats have been launched, and the number is growing every year. Here, it's important to talk about uh, 
midstream capabilities developed by some of the bigger market players, for example, SpaceX, Momentus, Virgin Orbit, or Lockheed Martin. So with the growing uh, interest in the shared missions, uh, obviously the standardization of the platform and associated launch requirements was the key. Uh, once this was uh, provided for the CubeSat platform, the systems were designed for not only the primary uh, customers, which would usually historically need to pay for the whole launch, but utilize the shared economy and then uh, create the place for the companies like ours that specialize in manufacturing of smaller systems, uh, which could be provided for the external clients for much uh, cheaper price than uh, historically. Uh, having said that, it's not only cheaper, but also much easier due to the standardization uh, to launch a CubeSat uh, than you know, to launch a similar uh, mass satellite with a non-standard, uh, standardized uh, form. So this democratization of the space access, of course, affects the number of industries, including the Earth observation, uh, which uh, we focus here at Sat Revolution. Many current Earth observation uh, services and operators, uh, they start using CubeSat specifically for that reason to drive the cost of the data uh, significantly uh, down. Uh, if, you, if it's uh, cheaper, that means for our customers and for ourselves that we can launch more satellites into the orbit uh, for the same price that uh, it uh, used to be required to launch mass much a uh, much smaller number of satellites. So to sum up, the stored platform benefits uh, are really obvious. First of all, it is the price. We drive uh, our offer uh, below the current uh, market pricing. Uh, secondly, the agility. We get the payloads up in the orbit in less than 12 months and sometimes even faster, which is you know really unheard of for both old space and uh, now is really on top of the agenda of the new space companies to develop the systems quickly and put them into the space uh, as soon as possible to save uh, money. We are not only able to do so because of the you know, CubeSat platform, uh, but because some of the elements are pre-integrated and ready to accept the external payload. So back in the day, every satellite would be a bespoke design which would drive the cost up. What we develop here at Sad Revolution is a standardized format to which external uh, payload providers can integrate on in a very uh, in a optimum uh, optimum and efficient manner. And last but not least, our competitive advantage is not only the platforms; it's the it's the optical capability uh, itself. Uh, which it will be used to provide the uh, data from real-life situations. And this is really and truly unique feature that back in the day would only be, uh, be uh, prioritized by the military uh, applications. With what we're doing currently, we see the application of uh, the nanosatellites uh, in uh, many more uh, industries than just uh, defense. So, you know, working with real-life data from the camera was a, really a critical requirement for our design and development team, uh, which our system was uh, is fully uh, catered uh, now. Great. Well, it sounds like, yeah, a number of things are actually coming together 
in your platform that make it unique. So of course you have the kind of standardization aspect of you know providing a platform so that lots of different customers can integrate. But then of course on top of that it also sounds like um, your opti optical capabilities are, are are quite unique, and you also have kind of onboard processing in place, um, which we'll which we'll talk about in, in in just a little while. But before we before we get there, I'd just like to know. So of course designing a CubeSat in itself, you know, has has some challenges and and is a difficult engineering uh, project in its own right. But what about designing a platform? So you know, what what are some of the technical and engineering challenges? In designing a CubeSat platform that are that are quite unique and that Sat Revolution has to basically solve uh, within this kind of uh, Stork project. So, of course, there are many challenges that need to be overcome uh, and need to be solved when you're building a CubeSat platform satellite. Um, I think the first basic problem for a company like ours and for us on the start was designing and carrying out the first mission, the in-orbit demonstration mission. Testing of the satellite systems requirements many, many of the hours of work of dedicated and experienced team of engineers and specialists. The next challenge when you overcome this is, of course, the production capabilities. It is necessary to find the high-class suppliers of the materials that allows you to pass the demanding environmental test. And then the programming system from scratch is also quite challenging. And once it's it, with once it is an accomplishment, the next step is the integration of the satellite, which for obvious reason must take a place in a high-class uh, clean room. Uh, and when you do that, when you do that, the next uh, uh, you need to find a uh, appropriate provider of complex space test uh, testing, uh, and the test uh, need to be done uh, by these providers and can be subdivided. When all these steps finally I perform and the satellite is in one piece and test, uh, all what is left is the launch, orbit operation, and data management, which sounds easy but need to a lot of work uh, with the ground stations and and still need to be done when the satellite is on orbit. So it's not looks like that. Then you're building a CubeSat, and and when it's on orbit, it's end of the work. You always need to need to uh, work with 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 the satellite still to keep keep it live. Wow! Yeah, it definitely sounds like a lot of different things have to uh, come together to um, yeah make a platform like Stork work, which is as you say then then key to have a very good team in place to be able to get all of the different things to work together. So as I mentioned uh, before, you also have this capability or this unique data analytics um, capability on on your platform to uh, interpret some of the data that you're getting from the Earth observation. So. Um, how, you know, like machine learning and AI and all of these techniques are very much kind of like in the media spotlight at the moment. Um, so what are some of the use cases and insights um, that these services around machine learning and AI can provide um, in an operator of a satellite? Yes, yes. Uh, we started applying uh, machine learning capabilities to our solution because our company strives to specialize in the field of earth observation, like Damian said and indeed to build our own constellation of observation satellites. That's why data analytics is a natural path for us to develop. Currently, data analytics take a place uh, after data arriving to the Earth. The major agency dealing with this subject uh, employ machine learning for the purpose of efficiency optimization. Unfortunately, it is necessary for them to firstly transfer the large amount of the data directly from the satellite to the Earth. 
our idea in the other side is developing with our partners and it's make an initial data analytic with the use of you know some special AI modules mod modules already in orbit. Thank thanks to this, we will be able to reduce the amount of the data sending to Earth, which will shorten the time of the delivery it to our customers. We are currently starting to test uh, this solution uh, thanks to the partnership with the Australian company called Spiral Blue. Of course, due to the compact uh, size of the CubeSats and uh, capabilities of that kind of satellites, at the beginning, only the preliminary analysis will take a place in orbit, and in the final, the final results will be achieved here on Earth. But such approach will shorten the time of the data transfer to our customers and the time of subsequences analysis. Okay, yeah, sounds again really, really interesting and kind of a very. It sounds very you know, intuitive and, you know, logical to me to kind of move uh, the data analytics side from, from Earth back up to the satellite uh, to, uh, yeah, improve um, efficiency. Um, so what are some of the long-term goals that you have on your company's uh, roadmap? So, for example, you've mentioned a couple of times during our conversation that you're developing constellations, and I've also read online that you're working on scope sets. So, uh, first of all, what are scope sets and uh, how will you be using them in constellations? Okay. Uh, so, as we said many times in this podcast, our company's goal is to offer high resolution, near real time imagery for the entire world, enabling the growth of applications arising from, that, uh, from the utilization of satellite data across multiple industries. In order to uh, make it happen, we need to think very carefully about uh, the cost of such a constellation. And that's why a Scopesat was developed uh, by R&D team. The Scopesat is uh, a single satellite which would, uh, would uh, be used to create the constellation of 1024 Scopesats, which together will provide the constellation uh, capability. Our aim is for this uh, Scopesat uh, is, first of all, to reduce the cost and mass uh, compared to traditional satellites uh, by 10 times. Uh, on top of that, our aim is to develop the technology which will provide much higher image resolution compared to the current Earth observation uh, nanosatellite uh, capabilities. Due to the proprietary segmented telescope apparatus uh, deployed only when uh, placed in orbit. Uh, so, again, two key drivers we utilize, utilizing uh, in, the, um, in the development of the REC constellation is first of all the miniaturization of the uh, satellite platforms and then also miniaturization of the instruments, uh, the payload that goes on the platform. Uh, while achieving the comparable efficiency of much uh, bigger satellites that are currently in the space. On top of that, we started uh, here in Poland a strategic project which will aim to develop the uh, factory of the satellites, knowing uh, already what suppliers, what inputs, what materials we will intend to uh, use while design of the reconstellation. This will give us much greater uh, capacity to manufacture uh, satellites, not only for our clients, but also for our purpose of development of uh, reconstellation. Uh, 
this is so we we at the phase where you know we we learned our uh, we learned what not to do we learned how to do it and now we are actually beginning the process of scaling the capabilities of manufacturing but also scaling the number of markets we uh, operate in uh, and then last but not least uh, we we aim and strive to uh, provide uh, useful uh, services in the downstream applications uh, which will have a direct impact on public safety and uh, economy of the countries we operate in. The applications that we have already suggested to some of the governments include uh, the service to monitor and tackle climate change events and hazards, such as wildfires, deforestation, desertification, roughening, and traction of greenhouse uh, gas emissions. Yeah, well, it definitely sounds like you have a lot of things uh... Uh, planned and a lot of things on your roadmap that you do want to achieve and it sounds sounds really great of all the all, all the plans that you have for the future so for anyone listening to this podcast how can they uh, stay up to date with all of the things that you have planned what are, what are some of the uh, kind of either social media profiles or your webpage where our listeners can stay up to date with um, what you're up to yeah, thank you very much for the chance to present our company and uh, should we uh, gain the interest of people who would like to partner up with us or start perhaps exploring the possibility to work for such revolution either in Poland or UK. Please feel free to visit our website www.sadrevolution.com and get in touch. Yep, thank you very much for this opportunity and I hope you to see you on the market or in the space. Great. Well, thanks Damian and Gregory for coming on the podcast today. It was a real pleasure to uh, speaking with you. Likewise, thank you. That was a pleasure for us. If you would like to learn more about Sat Revolution, then head over to aerospaceengineeringblog.com forward slash podcast, where you will find show notes about everything we discussed in today's episode. And if you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, then there are a number of ways you can support it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're tuning in. You can share it on social media with your friends and family or you can support the podcast directly on Patreon. And with that, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next time.